welcome to Full of Words, the podcast where Sue and CJ explore the power of language and effective communication to drive business success. Join us for practical insights and thoughtful discussions as we explore compelling book writing and persuasive copywriting strategies while having a few laughs along the way. Hello and welcome to the Full of Words podcast. Thanks for joining us again. My name is CJ from Catherine James Creative and I have my co-host here, Sue Kennedy from the Author Academy. Hi, Sue. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for coming back to talk with me again. (laughs) (laughs) And today we've got a fabulous guest. Her name is Simone Douglas. Simone has quite a long introduction, but I'm going to squeeze it down as much. Just to say, if you're in Adelaide and you're in business, you probably already know Simone Douglas or have come across her at some point. Simone is a executive director for BNI Adelaide North. That's one of her roles. She manages two pubs or owns two pubs, the Duke of Brunswick in Adelaide City and the Port Admiral down in the port. And she also has her own business for digital marketing called Digital Marketing AOK. Did I, oh, there's a cafe as well, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> That's all happened this year. So we've got the Dog Cafe on King William Street as well. Simone knows a lot about business, a lot about managing people, a lot about creating connections. So welcome, Simone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Excellent. So I guess I've introduced those businesses. We don't have time to talk about them all. (laughs) But if you just want to tell us what you do or essentially how you came on this path. Wow, that's, I'll get to a Cliff Notes version, I think. Uh, so I've had Digital Marketing AOK, which is the digital marketing agency, for 11 years now. I turned 11 on the 1st of July. I found the first pub when I was looking for office space for the digital marketing agency, so I found it by accident or by intent, one of the two. And, and from there... I'd been a BNI member for a really long time and they offered me the opportunity to purchase one of the franchises here in South Australia. And then the cafe came as a result of the Duke of Brunswick and then the Port Admiral came as a result of me being a smart-ass because I text my existing landlord when it went into administration and said, oh, would you like to go buy me another pub? Ha ha. And he went off and had a chat to the people that owned it. And the deal didn't stack up for him, but he goes, they're your kind of people. I think you should go down and have coffee with them. And so here we are five businesses later. (laughs) Easy. You make it sound so simple. I want to know when you sleep. (laughs) I'm actually pretty rigorous with my sleep. I like to be in bed by 9, 30, 10 o'clock at the latest every night because I'm awake very early. So I like to wake up at half past five, you know, most days. But it's also about building really good teams. You can't have five businesses and still be in charge of everything. It just doesn't work. So you have to be prepared to let go. And sometimes I do a better job of letting go than others. But yeah, it's all about having the right supports around you. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You can't even, you can't do everything in one business, really. We, you can try, but if you want to be successful, you're just going to have to let the reins go at some point. Yeah. But so knowing you, as I do, Simone, obviously you didn't mention in that how you create connections. I think that's one of the key strategies, I guess, that you use and that you're known for is connecting with people and connecting other people. That's obviously language is involved in that, words and language. Can you tell us a bit about how you would use that in connecting people? Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose there are a couple of elements to that. The first one is many, many years ago, someone much smarter than me said that you really need to work out what your core purpose for being is. Every human being should spend a bit of time 
and just figure it out and get it as simplified as possible. So I got to a point where my core purpose for being is connecting people to people for mutual benefit. That's it. So as long as I get to do that once a day, every day, I'm having a pretty amazing life. And so that underpins a lot of what I do because I'm always looking for those opportunities to just give someone a leg up or a hand or or open a door for them that is perhaps closed. And I think there's not enough of that in the business world or just in the world in general. You know, funnily enough, it was my grandmother's birthday yesterday um, and she passed away seven years ago. But We have a moniker in our family that is, you know, hashtag be like grand. So she was that person who, you know, random acts of kindness were just her thing. She did it all the time. I was lucky to have those kind of role models and it's given me a different lens. A lot of people will often say kindness is a curse, but I really don't think kindness is. I think kindness is the pathway to success and to having a good life. In amongst all of that, when I started the first business, Digital Marketing AOK, we had a brand element that was hashtag seriously social because I believe that you can't do digital marketing if you don't know how to be social in real life. So I think it's just a combination of all of those things, you know, consistently reminding me in my everyday use of language and the way that I engage with people, what I'm here for, what my life's about and how I ascribe meaning to it. Mm, It's incredible. I love that Be Like Gran. <laughs> what a legacy she's left. Did she know that you said that about no, no, I think it's just one of those things that if you talk to anybody in our family, they all have the same, you know, happy memories of her randomly complimenting strangers in the street or, you know, all of those kinds of things. And she really just was that person that role modeled unconditional love and that that was a thing that was actually possible in the world. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I have heard that kindness is a curse before. And I always thought, how can it be a curse? But I guess if if it's to your detriment, maybe if you put other people above, then maybe that's not going to work. So it's a fine balance, isn't it, of understanding how you can help people but not give too much of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think too, in my early 40s, I went through a process where I decided to live unapologetically like as myself for 30 days. And that was a really interesting exercise because it meant that I couldn't say yes to anything I didn't want to do. I I could still be polite in saying no, but I ceased being apologetic or pretending I was interested in things that I wasn't actually interested in. Um, And it was quite a liberating process. But again, it's that whole thing of you can be kind, you can be a decent human being and still have solid boundaries and clarity around what's good for you and what's not good for you. That's true. I want to know, was there any uh, fallout from the 30 days of (laughs) being unapologetically yourself? It really wasn't. I, you know, I kept waiting for the sky to fall in. The reality was that all it meant was that I got closer to my goals because I wasn't chewing up all my time in mea culpa and, and, you know, doing things that I didn't want to do. So I woke up more energetic. I slept better at night because I wasn't stressed out because I hadn't roped myself into things that I didn't want to do. Um, so, and I've kind of stuck to it now. I'm very big on, you know, I do, I create the life that I want to live and, and I live in it. So I don't spend a lot of time in the future and I don't spend a lot of time in the past. And it just allows things to move much, much more seamlessly. That's like the goal, I think. I spend a lot of time in both the future and the past, unfortunately. It's just a habit I have, I think. No, I'm all for the present, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Well, I keep having to remind myself. But How do you actually, on that, how do you plan business success if you're not, I guess you can think about the future but not be in it? 
Is that what you're saying? So yeah. you're it's, it's it's about, I think, having a schedule that creates space to do future planning, same as you create in your schedule space to evaluate past results so that they can inform your future planning. But outside of those times where you go, I've allocated two hours to sit down with my accountant or I've allocated two hours to you know plan out all the events for the next 12 months, then I'm just in the day that I'm in doing what it is that I'm doing today and I'm I think I'm lucky that my brain naturally enjoys being in that space so it doesn't tend to deviate too much but it is it's, it, I think it can be hard for people they spend a lot of time you know doing the what ifs what if this happens what if that happens mm, that's me <laughs> what about you Sue you you said you're in the present I'm the same as Simone because there's no point I mean I can't do anything in the future because it hasn't happened yet, and the past, well, it's gone. So there's no point worrying about that. There's nothing I can do to change that. Being in the present moment is actually the most amazing place to be because you're happy when you're in the present moment. This is why, like with my art and my writing, that's why I do that because it keeps me present and it's my happy place. I don't have to be concerned about anything else that's going on apart from that. Well, logically, I understand what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is about my nature, but anyway. So, Simone, if you're managing all of these businesses and working and uh, there must be a lot that wants to take you out of the present moment as well and and things, I guess communication is going to play a big part in that, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Helping people understand what they need to do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm by any means perfect at it, but I think it's the process of communication when it comes to managing teams and managing people is you have to you have to be clear on the vision and you need to make sure that the vision is actionable, not some big motherhood statement that, you know, is amorphous and sits out in the ether somewhere. So for us, if I use the pubs as an example, we have a six-word story which anchors everything that we do. And that six-word story is the outside world doesn't matter here. Everything that we do has to contribute to that story in in some way. So whether it's a word or a sentence or a paragraph, but it can't detract from the story. And so that's a really kind of powerful measuring stick for simple things. When we greet people on the phone, are we helping the world melt away? You know, when they walk through the door, what's their experience? And it also means, you know, that occasionally when life's difficult, like in the pandemic, I couldn't put any of my kind of political stuff on the pub's Facebook page because that was bringing the outside world into our environment. So, you know, I'd go, oh, we need to do X, Y, and Z, and the staff would go, that would be breaking the rules. And I had to go, okay, you're right, it would be. Um, You know, so then that would have to go onto my personal profiles because I have different rules over there. So it's... Yeah, I think it's really important that you have that anchor and that vision. And then your job is to empower people to make mistakes. And you have to do that by owning your own mistakes because each time you own up that you've been a roadblock or, you know, it's your fault something didn't get done or something didn't go the way that you thought it would, it allows them to own up when they do things that don't work. And that creates a really healthy, creative environment where people feel free to take a risk So, yeah, I think, and that's my job as the leader is to create an environment where my team feels comfortable taking risks, but they have the anchor of the story to health check whether those risks are in alignment with where we're going. 
Mm, I love the concept of them pulling you up to task and telling you that doesn't work. That's that's not what we do. Breaking <laughs> yeah. the rules. I love it. <laughs> I, I first came became aware of that phrase that you used during COVID when I noticed it on your social media and you said mm-hmm. the outside world doesn't matter here. And I remember thinking, oh, how fabulous, because the outside world was really pushing in on all of us. And I could just imagine your fire, which unfortunately you've had to get rid of, I think. Beautiful log fire at the Duke of Brunswick and sitting around and having a coffee and just, you know, pretending that the outside world didn't matter or just putting it aside for for 15 minutes. It was such a beautiful thought. Mm. I think it's that oasis, the concept of an oasis, but also a concept of, you know, in the outside world, we get judged every day. And if if we don't get judged by someone else, we're judging ourselves. Uh, So it also is is about that concept of just putting that judgment down for a while and letting yourself just be, again, be present and feel what's going on and enjoy it and revel in it. And I think, again, it's a really valuable thing that we get to do with the pubs because of the 100% gluten-free kitchen. You know, we provide a really safe space to parents of kids with celiac disease who are often terrified of taking their kids out for dinner. So we give them back the family night out where the kids can pick things off their parents' plates and try things. And it is, it's a really beautiful environment that we get to create. And then in the other businesses, it's about creating that environment, but in a different way. So it's that environment environment of support and being available and making sure that people understand that I'm not any more important than they are and they're not any more important than I am and everyone has something valuable that we can teach each other if we just learn to listen to understand Mm, it's a very good skill love Mm. it did you want to add something Sue no, I just love that I think that's just so beautiful and if we all were like that wow how amazing would that be? I mean, we're working towards it. We're all, I know I'm meeting more and more beautiful people and, and like a lot of people from overseas and you sort of not lose touch, but you're sort of not in touch, I suppose, with how yeah. they live. And it's been really comforting and refreshing to me to know that they're the same as us and that they're beautiful and that they're trying to make a, a beautiful, positive difference in the world as well with everything that they are doing in their world. So I love that that's happening. So the more and more we do that, the less negative and negativity there will be in the world. So, yay. We're meeting quite a lot of them through our podcast, aren't we, Sue? We seem to be attracting people with the like-minded views, which has been wonderful for both of us. Yes. So, Simona, you've touched on obviously that the idea I hadn't even considered kids being able to eat off their parents' plate when they're celiac and um, just that lack of stress. I have heard a few people mention to me, oh, yes, I know the Duke of Brunswick is so good because we don't have to worry about what we eat. How does so that style of what you're doing and the words you're using in your leadership and empowering people, I think I know the answer, but what impact does it have on the people around you in the language that you choose to use? a really good question but I think it creates a sense of freedom more than anything else so and it's kind of a dynamic tension because you're creating structure around people which in turn creates that sense of freedom it's a bit like when we're kids when we can't feel the boundaries we push harder whereas when you can kind of feel what the construct and the boundaries are then you're happy to play and explore within it kind of thing so I think what it does is it sets up an environment where people are happy to help each other and brings out the best of human nature. And I think more and more people 
need to spend that little bit of time doing that one nice thing a day. And even in business, you know, and like Sue, you were saying, you know, you used to be involved in BNI as well. We get to do nice things for people all the time. You'd have a community of business owners, whatever they needed, whatever help they needed, you were there for them. And they were there for you. And it creates this wonderful safety net to experiment with what you're doing in business and experiment with who you are as a business owner. So, yeah, I think it creates, that's probably a good word, it creates a safety net for people to, you know, realise their full potential. That's incredible. Just through the words and the language that you're using and even just that idea of having a story behind the pubs. Yeah. I think that's really, it's something tangible that people can hold on to and understand that's what we do. You know, sometimes businesses have values or, you know, the core values or whatever, but they might just sometimes be words like integrity. And it's like, well, okay, how does that, how do I actually act yeah. with integrity in this job, in these very, you know, many different roles? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that that's really clever to have a little story attached to the business. Like a mission statement with a story attached. I love that. Yeah. I think it's that's something that more and more business owners are going to have to figure out how to do, particularly as the digital world keeps pushing in on us, you know, like you've got the rise of AI, which is, you know, streamlining some things and, you know, but the thing with AI and the thing with a lot of businesses and business owners is they default to the transaction. So their language is transactional in nature. Transactional language doesn't form relationships with people. So, you know, yourself being, being a writer, you, it's the story that activates a different part of our brains. It allows us to connect on an emotional level. It transports us to a place or a time. And so the more business owners who can, you know, grab hold of and create their own story and a story for their business, they're the people who will be able to translate that into digital mediums and still connect with people on an emotional level. And it's the businesses that people buy into on an emotional level that will survive the next 12, 18 months of recession and everything else that we've got coming our way because the connection will keep them coming back. Mm. Oh, I love that. Definitely. Yeah, that's an interesting, as you say, when you connect with a business on an emotional level and you want to see it do well, even if you can't purchase from them at that time, you might send business their way or do whatever you can to promote them. Yeah. That's fabulous. Um, Now, you've also written a couple of books, haven't you? Or at least one. Yes, yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to quickly chat about those? Like Sue's obviously been your spare time. <laughs> my spare time, yeah. Yeah, so the first one that I wrote was Seriously Social, which makes sense. It's a very close brand element. So that was all about turning your online presence into a real-world business. So how to network online, how to build out and have a social media and a digital strategy for your personal brand and how you build that. And then the second book that I wrote is The Confident Networker. So it's how I built, it's basically the story of how I built the networks that allowed me to have five businesses and do all the things that I want to do. And so I've just shared all of the different strategies and things that I put in place and that I look at that have allowed me to be really successful and have robust networks that you can tap on the shoulder for help when you need and they're there, you know. And did you did you engage a book coach to write those or you had the skills to do the writing initially? I completely cheated. So I engaged Hari T, who was my publisher, 
and she actually came and interviewed me and then like typed everything up and then we'd argue over the manuscript and then it was all done. So I definitely recommend ghostwriters for people who are really busy, particularly ghostwriters that take that interview format. So they just come, basically said, this is the topic that I want. Here are the headings for all the chapters. And so we'd just knock over two chapters a session which meant both books were done, I think, in a space of about eight weeks, catching up like once a week was in my diary, she'd roll in, and then it was just a process of final arguments on the manuscript. But I am told by her that I am the easiest person that she's ever worked with and that I'm not normal. So when I say eight weeks, that might not be, I don't want to set up false expectations for all the other writers out there. I just, I very much know my own mind and the language that I like. And, you know, as you guys can see, I can talk with a mouthful of marbles underwater. So interview (laughs) process works really well. And then I don't overthink it on the end. I'm like, yep, that's what I said. And that's what I meant. Right. Let's just put it out there and see what happens. Oh, that's interesting. So you probably got some comment on there about the different strategies of writing a book. It doesn't necessarily have to be written, does it? No. Yeah, exactly. And so do you do a lot of that kind of stuff with the Author Academy? Yes, so I'm I'm predominantly a book coach, but I do publishing as well. So, yeah, I help people get their books written. And, yeah, there are. There's different ways. You can either write it out yourself or you can just record it and get it transcribed. So there's different ways of doing it because a lot of people go, oh, no way, I could write that. And it's like, well, can you speak? Yeah. yeah. Then you can write a book. Exactly. Yeah, I think we're still a bit hung up. Like my mum's in the middle of writing a book at the moment and I can't wait for her to finish it because it'll be fascinating. She's 70 and lived a very interesting life. But she's she's sitting down in front of the computer every day typing out her life story and she's very diligent with it. But, yeah, I couldn't do that because I get too easily distracted and I want to go off and do something. But if someone's asking me the questions and I'm just talking to them, I find that really easy. And some people do. Yeah, there's mm. nothing wrong with it because it's still your story. So awesome. I mean, even we, we get hung up on the word writing a book, don't we? Like you don't write it anymore, you type it. But it's still people are, oh, can I speak a book? Like even I've got a friend who listens to Audible and she's like, have I read a book if I've listened to it? <laughs> so it's again just the words, isn't it, describing it? Yeah, of course you have. You've experienced the book. doesn't matter whether you've listened or read it. No, it's just, I mean, the, the writer book comes from years ago when we didn't have all these other tools. Yeah. That's just stuck. And I think it just makes sense to say write a book, whether mm. it's transcribing it or talking, whatever. Maybe maybe we can take it back to being a storyteller instead. Yes. Are you a storyteller? Yes, here are some stories I've told. Yes, I like that. That's definitely the word storyteller puts the power back in you, doesn't it? You are the storyteller. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to steal that. so Simone do you have an offer for any of our listeners to take up today uh not an offer in the traditional sense because you know I'm one of those people I don't like to get sold to but I am always up for cups of coffee with interesting human beings and so if there are people listening to your podcast and they go you know what I would actually like to have a conversation with Simone they're more than welcome to reach out to me I'm on pretty much every platform on the internet. So if it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, 
or what have we got now? Threads has come out yesterday. Um, you know, I'm on all of them. So they're more than welcome to send me an email or a message and just say, hey, I'd really like to grab a cup of coffee and this is what I'd like to have a chat about. And it can be, you know, my life's pretty interesting. I'm happy to talk about anything really. <laughs> Maybe it. your sauna. I, I, I look at your photos of your sauna that you put up, having a sauna at night. I'm like, oh, I would love to have a sauna. <laughs> Anyone wants to talk about saunas? That's amazing. Yeah. I do. Know what it's like. It was the best purchase I ever made. I'd wanted it for like seven years and I finally went, you know what? I deserve it. I'm buying it. And it is. It's just so good. So good. <laughs> Excellent. So did you have anything to add before we finish up? No, but we do have all your links and everything so we can put them in the show notes. Perfect. So people can contact awesome. you. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So it'll all be there so that yeah, people can find you. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Simone, for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been really interesting to hear about all your businesses and why you do what you do. I think your brand would be very proud of you. Oh, that's very kind. Thanks, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Much appreciated. And thanks, listeners, for listening in again. We look forward to talking to you next week with another interesting guest or maybe just Sue and I, who, you know, we try and be interesting too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so we will catch you then. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Full of Words. We hope you've gained valuable insights and enjoyed the journey with us. Keep honing your communication skills for success and join us next time for more exploration of the power of language in business.